Last week when we gathered, we talked about the journey to Epiphany, that Epiphany is, is something that happened. Christ was revealed as the light of the world for all people, that it was an event, but that it is a dynamic unfolding still of God making himself known to us, God revealing light to us, God loving us, God extending salvation and grace to all people. We talked about the necessity of the journey and what it is that we need to take with us. We talked about needing a compass, and that compass is Jesus. We talked about needing companions, that we're not alone. We talked about making sure that we have the appropriate clothing uh, that you can find in Colossians 3, verses 12 to 17. We talked about the importance of conviction, of not only knowing what you believe, but knowing the one in whom you believe, and the conviction of, of being in a posture of being in right relationship with Jesus, that Jesus is our measure of what's right and wrong and, and what is true. We talked about needing confidence and trust in God's presence and God's power and God's provision, and we talked about needing courage, courage to uh, face all of the uncertainty of this world in which we live, confident and uh, with heart that, that God is still with us and that God is not done working in us. And so today, as we continue the journey, uh, we remember something even more basic than those things. We remember who we are. We remember our identity as beloved children of God. McKenna just started out the conversation for us, reminding us of who we are and and whose we are. And, And the truth of our identity as beloved children of God, really is the starting point for how we navigate this messy and beautiful and crazy world in which we live. Knowing who we are makes all the difference in how we embrace the journey and how we journey on the path before us. So tonight we're remembering Jesus's baptism and we're remembering our own. We're remembering that we are named and claimed by God as beloved children, as heirs of God's kingdom, that we belong to God in life and in death and life beyond death. We belong to God. Every year we come to this particular weekend and we remember Jesus's baptism and we remember our own. We remember who we are every year. And every year I wonder, how quickly do we forget? How long does it take us? Some of us, just takes us getting out to the parking lot tonight. For others, it, it lingers a little bit longer. But most of us in the midst of this world find ourselves sometimes forgetting who we are. And when we forget who we are, then the chaos around us is more confusing and the weight of the world seems heavier and, and the peace that God offers seems more elusive. When we forget who we are. I don't know where you are on your journey, but tonight we're going to remember who you are, who we are, no matter where we are on our journey with God. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word to us, that it would truly take hold of us and transform us to remember that we belong to you that we are your beloved children. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
just a reminder about uh, what baptism is. Baptism is one of our sacraments. A sacrament is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. Communion is one of our sacraments, and the outward and visible sign that we have is the bread and the juice, reminding us, though, of the salvation that is ours, of the grace that is ours, the mercy that is ours, in Jesus giving himself up for us. We have the bread of life and the cup of salvation. It's bread and it's juice that become the real presence of Christ for us. We remember it's an outward sign, visible sign, of what's happening inwardly and spiritually. Baptism is our other sacrament, that outward and visible sign being the water, reminding us of that inward and spiritual transformation and work that takes place by the power of God's Spirit. It can be a little water or a lot of water. The water itself where it comes from or what it looks like or how much it is, isn't important. It's an outward and visible sign for us of the work of God happening in us. And so we come and we remember our baptism. Baptism is actually an ancient ritual uh, carried on by many of our ancestors as, as a rite of purification, a ritual of purification Almost always involved water, sometimes also involved oil, but it became something that had to be repeated over and over again. In essence, it, it helps uh, clean us, it cleaned us, purified the people to be in relationship with God. As people who are part of the, the world, the broken world, as people who uh, sin and fall short of God's glory, uh, that gets in the way of us being in right relationship with God. And the water, the purification, the ritual of that, making us clean, allows us to be back in that right relationship. In the Old Testament, before Jesus, when they had just the water and sometimes the oil, that ritual had to be repeated because we continue to be people who are broken and continue to miss the mark that God sets for us. But with Jesus' baptism, that all changes for us. We're going to read the text out of Mark 1. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Some of us were recently at the Jordan River. This is a picture of it. It might not be what you had in mind uh, of what the Jordan River would look like. Uh, it's not um, clean and pristine and a, a resort area. Uh, it is uh, muddy and, and dirty, and uh, it's not very wide at all. Here's another image. This is um, from up higher. That area on the bottom left corner are steps and seats, and you can see that some of the handrails, there's an area marked off. 
uh, in which we were able to step into the water and remember our baptism. Just on the other side is Jordan. So here's this river, and we uh, are on Israel's side, and then Jordan is on the other side. And uh, it really, the first time that we were there, it was remarkable what it looked like, how close it was, how, how narrow it was. The second time we're there, it's also as remarkable. There's something holy about this space, something holy about this water. Come to the water, come to the Lord, come to this place where Jesus was baptized. It's kind of funny the second time. There's, this is the traditional site where Jesus was baptized. There's also a, a baptism site uh, up on the Sea of Galilee. And our guide this time had said, um, Mary, I don't know if you know this, but he had said, uh, we might just do the Sea of Galilee baptism site. I said, well, you see, we've been telling people, and we've been showing them these pictures, these kind of pictures for five years. He's like, never mind, we'll go to the Jordan River. I said, okay, thank you very much, right? Because this is more realistic. This is more likely what it would have looked like, close enough to what it would have looked like, uh, this space in which God comes into our messy and broken and crazy world. The water was important, but with Jesus' baptism, it's no longer just the water. With Jesus' baptism, there is the introduction of the Holy Spirit. We're named and claimed by God and empowered to live as beloved children of God. We no longer need just the water to wash away our sins, no longer need just to receive forgiveness, but with the presence of the Holy Spirit, we're empowered to live faithful lives. Baptism uh, will remind you, this is um, back to basic information, but sometimes I think in the midst of all that happens in the world around us, coming back to basic information, sometimes we hear it differently depending on where we've been over the course of our journey. So uh, some reminders today of basic information or maybe new information for some of you that baptism is primarily God's act. Primarily God's act. It is a gift to us, a sacrament offered to us that we have to receive. We're not passive in it. We have to receive it. But the action really is from God. There are two actors and there's two parts. The two actors are God and you. I just get the joy and the honor of being present with you in that. The role of the pastor, I don't have anything to do with your actual baptism. That's God and you. That's God naming and claiming you. As a pastor, I just get to be present with you in that holy space, offering to be in that space and in some ways uh, just be an intermediate person for you the presence of God. The two actors are God and you, and the two parts are water and the Spirit. Water is a sign, as McKenna was telling us, of all those things, of cleansing and of growth, of refreshing, of renewal. Uh, the water is also symbolic of, of death, it can be destructive water, death and new life. The water is uh, tied to that sense of us realizing that we need forgiveness. The people coming to be baptized by John confessing their sins, a baptism of repentance. That, that word for repentance, metanoia, means to, to, to turn around, to, to have your mind turned back to the right path. 
Turn back to where God is, to how God is leading you. Repentance, turning away from sin and, and back to life. The water is symbolic of, of that cleansing and of that washing. And, and we say, I repent, I, I'm sorry, I want to uh, come back in, in line with what you have for me, God. And God in that water says, and I forgive you. That ritual purification of being made clean, being made back in right relationship with God, the water and the Spirit. You notice uh, when the Spirit shows up back in this part of Mark, in those days Jesus came, and just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. Jesus didn't come needing to repent of sin. Jesus came, and in this baptism, his identity as God's son is confirmed. And the presence of the Spirit does the same for us. We do need that repentance. We do need that mercy and that forgiveness. But the same Spirit that says to Jesus with that voice, you are my son, the beloved, with you I'm well pleased, is the Spirit that is at work in us claiming us and sealing us. Spirit is present, confirming that we are the beloved children of God, affirming God's presence with us. And when we remember our baptism, the Spirit is present in the remembering. To be baptized with the Spirit is to say, I commit my life to being a beloved child of God. I offer myself back into that space and God's saying, and I, by my spirit, will empower you to do that. We come back to God, we're baptized, we, then we remember our baptism from that point on, empowered to be the beloved children that we are. And we need God's spirit. In the midst of this messy world, we need God's spirit to remind us, not just on the weekends that we celebrate, remember your baptism or Jesus' baptism, but every day. Which goes back to the journey that we talked about last week, that, that compass of Jesus. We need to know Jesus. We need to be in God's word. We need to allow God to help us know that God sees and knows us. And we need companions. And we, we need to be uh, offering ourselves to be transformed and renewed by God's spirit. The spirit is present with us, not just in baptism but throughout every day of all of our lives. It's not two separate baptisms, which is sometimes confusing. It's one baptism with two parts, the baptism with water and the baptism with the Spirit. We come to remember our baptism. In baptism, we're connected with God in such a way that can never be uh, broken can never be disconnected, which is why when you are baptized in the United Methodist Church, we don't re-baptize. If you've been baptized, that's, remember, it's God's act. It's God's gift. And so if you've been baptized, it, it takes the first time, right? There are other denominations or other expressions of faith in which you are rebaptized, in which you, uh, that's part of um, becoming a member of their church, of their denomination, is that you engage in that practice again. What we believe about God's grace is that God's grace is complete, and that God offers us the gift, and we receive it, 
And God doesn't back out of God's deal, God's agreement in that. No matter what we do, we come back to that space and we remember, but we remember that we've already been named and claimed by God. Some of you, if you were baptized as infants, don't have a physical memory of your baptism. But your spirit and your soul have that memory. Because it's God's spirit that's involved in naming and claiming you, identifying you as a beloved child of God. Which is why it makes it important for us to come and actually touch the water. Remember that water was used in our baptism whenever that was, whether we have a physical memory of it or not. And the rest of your life from that time on has been lived in some kind of response to being named and claimed as God's child. You may not be cognizant of that, but once the Spirit is at work in your life and once you have been sealed by the Spirit, then, then your life is lived in response to that Spirit. Your life is lived in response to who you are as a child of God. You're God's beloved child. You're loved without condition. You're loved beyond measure. No matter how your journey unfolds, nothing can change the fact that that's who you are. And yet God knows how easy it is for us to forget. God knows how we need to be reminded. God knows how easy it is that, that, that somehow that moves out of our immediate consciousness. When the world is hard and when life is hard and when things are messy, sometimes that's the last thing that we remember. God understands that. Even the people of the Old Testament understood what it meant to feel like they weren't sure. In Isaiah 43, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I've called you by name. You are mine. He's talk, Isaiah is talking to the people of Israel who've been in exile. They've been removed from their home. And Isaiah is reminding them, this is who God says you are. That you belong to God. You are Mine, I've called you by name. You notice it says when you pass through the waters, not if you pass through the waters, right? When you pass through the waters and through the rivers, when you walk through the fire, not if you walk through the fire, but, but when you walk through the fire. This world is hard. We're going to have trials. We're going to have heartache. We're going to have disappointment. People are going to betray us. People are going to get sick. We're going to get sick. We're going to grieve. We're going to uh, have changes in our job and in our, our livelihood and in our, our family dynamics. We're going to uh, fall into to places that we never intended to go. Maybe we're, we're trapped in the past or trapped by an addiction or, or trapped in a place that we just can't seem to get out of. And what we need to remember is that because we've been baptized... We've been called by name, by the God of the universe. We belong to God, no matter where we are. 
no matter how our life has unfolded, no matter how much pain or heartache or disappointment we experience, we belong to God and God is with us. God is with us. Maybe uh, where you are right now is in a really good place. Maybe you have realized how beloved you are and you're living in that place of freedom. And I want to celebrate that. So often when we come to worship, we end up focusing on the things that are hard. Things aren't hard all the time. It's good to express gratitude and to, to identify that God is good and that sometimes, maybe a lot of the time, life is good. Good things happen. We receive the blessings of God. We're given strength and hope and encouragement. And so if that's where you are, I celebrate that with you. And I hope that what you will take to heart is that you've been asked to come alongside others who maybe aren't having such a great time. But maybe where you are right now is frustrated and sad and feeling lost or uncertain about your own place or about your own journey or about life in general. Maybe things are just too complicated today for you and you can't see a way past whatever is consuming you. So maybe today the the thing that you need to remember most is how desperately God loves you. Exactly where you are. And then in in baptism, you have been named and claimed by God. And God does not unclaim God's children. There's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that can happen to you or in your life that makes God turn God's back on you. You belong to God. You are loved by God. Maybe you don't feel that way. Maybe you don't feel that way, but your feelings about it don't change the truth of it. You don't necessarily have to feel it for it to be true. And so when we come and we remember the truth and we rehearse the truth, then it resets our hearts and our minds. It reorients us to the truth about God's love for us. And our eyes can see differently and our ears can hear differently and our hearts can beat less anxiously. Our circumstances may not change. In fact, they might get worse. But the promise of God is that God's love for us and God's presence with us also does not change. It is steadfast and eternal and true. I invite you to let that sink in tonight as I share a prayer with you that a friend of mine posted on Facebook specifically for this weekend. I invite you to close your eyes if you're willing or able to do so and let the truth of who you are sink in. Even if you don't feel it, let the truth sink in as we listen to this prayer. Creating God, help me dive deep into the fount of my baptism, deep into the emerald blue pool of your bottomless grace, caressing me, bathing me at my birthing and living water, over which your voice, mysterious as stars on eternity's edge, whispered, you are mine, I love you. Sustaining God, help me dive deep. So when the storms of life sweep across my stillness, swirl my confidence, muddy my vision, in the midst of such confusion, I will still hear clearly your calling whisper in my heart. 
You are mine. I love you. May that be what you hear, that may that be what we hear as we continue the journey of faith upon which we walk with God. Let the people say amen.